everyone, it's time for another podcast, podcast. I never quite know what to call these because we do both an audio and video version. And we thought now with all the film festivals either running or wrapping, this would be a great time for us to do our own Film Yap Fall Film Preview. Uh, and so, of course, joined me today are Film Yappers, David Bowling uh, and Alec Toombs. Or David, you prefer DC, don't you? Either or, that's cool, okay. Well, thanks, guys, for joining me. And so what we've done is each of us has kind of gathered our own list of movies that we're particularly looking forward to. So this is not an exhaustive. We're not going to give you 50 titles of movies. Uh, but we're going to give you at least, a, at least a couple dozen here uh, that we're excited about. So, DC, why don't I start with you? What is the movie you are most looking forward to this fall? We say fall. We basically mean now through Oscar season. So you fall and winter. Ah, uh, there is so many, and luckily for me, like the fall is always has the best blockbusters coming out. That's the potential Oscar contenders. But one I'm like I've been dying to see, and the trailer just came out a few days ago was was Glass Onion: A Knives Out Mystery. Yeah, and so that of course that's on the, my list also. Oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, that's that's the sequel, of course. Uh, to I don't think anyone expected that first movie to be as successful as it was. Uh, so why, what, what did you like about the first one, DC, and why are you so much looking forward to this one? Well, Knives Out was like one of my favorite movies of uh, 2019 because I love Ryan Johnson. I love that cast. It was such a great clever spin on the murder mystery that was kind of being, I don't, I don't say tired, but kind of put, brought new life to it. And this year, and this year actually brought a lot of murder mystery concepts to us in front of the TV and movies. And with Glass Onion, we're getting Daniel Daniel Craig back as um as the as as the Southern detective with a whole new cast of people, including uh Edward Norton, Dave Bautista, Kate Hudson, Janelle Monet. And it is one of those times, and I kind of tweet about this, where I'm, I'm excited about it. I don't need to see a trailer for it. I'm like already hooked. Okay, Alec, why are you looking forward to that one? Since it was on your list too. I was a huge fan of the first movie, uh, like DC was. I'm also a big fan of Ryan Johnson's. Uh, the cast, again, is superb. The cast in the first movie was great. There was a few names uh, he didn't mention. Catherine Hahn, who's always great. And uh, Leslie Odom Jr., who's consistently reliable. Um, looks really good. Okay. What's the movie on your list, Alec? Probably the movie I'm most looking forward to at this point would be uh, Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. It's an autobiographical movie about his childhood and how he got into filmmaking. Um, I've been on a huge Spielberg kick lately. He is probably my favorite filmmaker of all time. I uh, went and saw E.T. and IMAX and Jaws in 3D. So I'm really just riding the Spielberg wave right now. Uh, The cast on this movie is crazy, too. It's uh, Paul Dano, Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen, Judd Hirsch. Uh, Julia Butters, who you might remember from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, when Spielberg's on, man, it's hard to top him. So I'm really looking forward to that one. DC, I think that was on your list, too. Yeah, it was my number two. Uh, Spielberg is my favorite director of all time. But I've seen every one of his films. And actually, we, me and fellow uh, yeah, contributor, uh, Nate Richards, have been talking about this uh, for a while. And uh, for us, for, I mean, it's also important because Spielberg also uh, co-wrote wrote the script and he hasn't done that since um ai artificial intelligence but it's again an autobiography of his life so it's going to be amazing seeing how he grew up one become a filmmaker and um and like a 
coming of age story way. And it's premiering at, and, and at the time of this recording, we're, it's premiering at the Toronto International Film Festival tonight. So I'm like dying to see what the reactions will be like. Yeah, I'm interested just because Spielberg, obviously, you know, great filmmaker, not a guy that does like, I don't want to say he's not a personal filmmaker because I think he puts lots of pieces himself into his movies, but he's not, he's not really sh- shined the light on himself ever before. So that's an interesting thing for he's doing something that's semi-autobiographical. One for me is um, Empire of Light. Um, this is a new film from Sam Mendes, another director that I really like. Stars, stars Olivia Coleman and Colin Firth. It's kind of hard to describe. It's set in the 1980s English seaside town. Um, it's a uh, cinematography by R- Richard Deakins. So it's like very, you know, moving and beautiful. Uh, but it's something about, you know, just people having connections and through cinema. So it's kind of got that like um, cinema paradiso kind of feel to it. So I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I've this a- one wasn't really. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, DC. <laughs> Uh, oh, sorry. Okay. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Sam Mendes. This is coming off of 1917, and even though the reactions have been pretty uh, mixed and positive so far, what we've seen at, at various film festivals, I'm still looking forward to it for a lot of aspects. One, Sam Mendes, um, two of the cast because yeah, I love Olivia Coleman. Um, you have to have Roger Deakins as cinematographer. He's my favorite uh, DP of all time. And also, it's um, it's also from uh, uh, um. Uh, first like pictures, which every year you're going to expect them to have like a huge award contender. And what we're looking at so far, just from the teaser, this could this could possibly be be a good time. All right, DC, what's another one from your list? Uh, let's go. Uh, you know, a movie that I've I've been waiting for years to come out, and finally is hoping it'll be a great sequel, Avatar: The Way of Water. Yeah, I think, uh, Alec, was that on your list as well? For sure. I'm a huge James Cameron guy. Um, People always want to bet against him. Titanic went hugely over budget. People said it was going to flop. What did it do? It became the biggest movie of its time. Avatar, people made fun of it, said it looked like Fern Gully in space. What did it do? became the biggest movie of its time. Don't bet against James Cameron. He hasn't made a movie in 13 years. This one, I'm sure, is going to make a ton of money and will probably be pretty good. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. I remember when Avatar came out, it, you know, people were making fun of it at the time. And what I said was, cause I, I got to see a very early screening of it. And I said, you know what? Um, I can see how you step back and think about it and look at stills from it. And you're like, this looks kind of cheesy, but like while you're there in the theater wrapped up in that experience, it works. Um, so I'll be curious to see. And of course, you know, he's doing was it three sequels total to Avatar he's doing. Yeah. yeah, while I'm excited for it, I kind of would like to see James Cameron make something other than an Avatar movie before he passes away. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, that that one's on my list too. Uh, Alec, when we go back to you, what's another one on your list? How about we talk about uh, Amsterdam, uh, the new David O. Russell movie? Um, there's a lot of stacked casts in movies coming out this fall, but this may be the most stacked of all of them. Um, oh, Russell doesn't always hit for me, but when he does, he hits hard. Um, the cast of the movie, insane. Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Chris Rock, Anya Taylor-Joy. I could keep going and going and going. Everybody is in this movie. De Niro's in it. Um, not the greatest sign that they pushed it up. It seems like it was more of an awards contender, and they've moved it up. Um, I know some word uh, festivals hasn't been the best, but with that cast and that director, I'm certainly intrigued. 
Yeah, DC, I think that was on your list too. It was, because for me, the last great movie I loved from David R. Russell was Silver Lines Playbook. That's one of my, my, my all-time favorite movies of all time. After that, I wasn't a big fan of American Hustle, or, and Joy was lesser, I was less terrible than that. This one, I'm more excited because it's the, it's the cast, like Al mentioned. Like, I love Christian Bale. He's teaming with a wrestler as the fighter. I love Marco Robbie. I love John David Washington. And the, and from the trailer, I don't know what the tone is going to be. It's going to be yeah. very silly. Was this uh, trying to clear their name after this murder? I don't know. But even, and even though Russell, or Russell, if they got the uh, backlash in the past year or so, I'm still curious, hoping he can make a good drama out of this. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm very hot and cold on him as a filmmaker. Kind of, you know, I love some movies, some other ones not so much. Um, let's do one from my list, which is The Menu. Uh, and this is a horror comedy sort of thing. Uh, it's about a young couple. Uh, Nicholas Holt, Anya Taylor-Joy are going to a remote island for an exclusive restaurant uh, played by Rafe Fiennes. Uh, you know, it's one of the very hoity-toity thing where people, you know, only the very well-to-do and famous and whatever get to come for this special secret food event and then presumably nasty cannibalistic things unfold. It's 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 a little unclear, but uh uh yeah, it definitely uh it definitely looks like it's hitting hitting the right notes. Uh okay. DC, why don't we uh or Alec, is it uh, DC, let's go back to you for one of yours. Uh, let's go with, uh, I think one of the better superhero movies that I'm hoping we're going to get this year. Um, uh, I'm going to say Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Yeah, it, no, now of course, my instinct going into it is how are we going to do a Black Panther movie without the Black Panther? That's what um, I was thinking too. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, people are very, very excited about it. I, I think probably from a you know average movie fan standpoint, it's probably the most anticipated movie of the fall. But yeah, I'm I'm let's put it this way. I'm intrigued. I really want to see what what they can do with it, um, and what's going to be the future of that character, that franchise going forward. Yeah, because I, I love I love the first I love the first movie. That was like movie, it had that. That was like one of the biggest movies of 2018, and it was like inevitable. And for, like, like you guys, like I was very skeptical because the passing of Charles Boseman was such a huge loss on Hollywood, and everybody that was involved in making the sequel. And I was very curious, like, okay, how are they gonna, how are they, gonna, are they not incorporate T'Challa into the story? Yeah. But it was, but it was that first trailer we got at Comic Con recently, that just like, whoa, okay, because that's one of the best MCU trailers I've seen in a long time. And for me, I trust uh, Ryan Coogler to make a great sequel. Okay. It was on my list too. Coogler's one hell of a filmmaker, in my opinion. Uh, Black Panther isn't my favorite movie of his by any means. I think Creed is actually his best movie to date. Um, I'm going to take somewhat of a hot take here, and I'm not trying to uh, minimize or denigrate uh, Chadwick Boseman's talent, but I felt in the first movie, um, Letitia Wright and Michael B. Jordan were actually the standouts from a performance uh perspective uh i've actually thought bozeman was better as t'challa and black panther in uh captain america civil war i found him much more fascinating in smaller doses as opposed to in his own movie yeah that's interesting okay i'll just go to you for another one on your list um where we got where we got 
Okay, I'll discuss it real quick. Uh, I'm I'm curious about Halloween Ends, the uh, final David Gordon Green Halloween installment. I didn't like Halloween Kills nearly as much as Halloween 2018, but it's October. It's Michael Myers. It's Jamie Lee Curtis. John Carpenter scoring. I'm there. I don't know if this is on either of you guys' radar or... It was. I mean, I don't know. If if I like Halloween Kills, it would have. But that's a movie where I, I remember leaving the theater thinking that was not that good. And then I think like a few days later, I kind of like bust my brain down because it was just the script itself was just very... It was just, it was just a messy process. And the way it ended, wrapped up, I, I was spoiled, but I was like, okay, we're going to leave it off like that. I don't know. For me, I mean, I I really like the 2018 sequel, so I'm hoping that this one will conclude the trilogy in a nicer, nicer way. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say this about Halloween's uh, specifically commenting on the title is, is that a promise? <laughs> uh, because, you know, I don't think I've even seen the last couple of Halloween movies. I mean, uh, you know, I remember when, when Halloween H2O <laughs> was out, and I was like, oh, all right, they're finally going to put a definitive, you know, end on this thing. I'm like, how many times has Michael Myers been killed in these movies? Like, he's dead, finally. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, okay, uh, one from my list is Till. Of course, uh, that's a reference to Emmett Till. And this is a story, of course, about just, you know, one of the watershed moments in the civil rights movement, really in American history. But the thing is about with Emmett Till's story is it it, it occurred really right before the dawn of the mass media age, really right before television and, and you know, easily accessible film like that. So it, it exists in sort of this mythological framework where people, you know, know the story, basic the basics of it, but they really don't know the humanity of it. They haven't maybe seen the, the pictures or the films or, or, or anything like that. So I'm really interested to see what they can do with this story to sort of bring it to life. Uh, and I think can really comment on some things going on in our, our, our political sphere today. So I'm, I'm really excited about that one. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, DC. It's crazy how we haven't, you never gotten a Emma Till story uh, movie until now. And this, this is one that could be, or it could be an Oscar bait type movie based on, based on, on the subject matter. And it could be, or it could be a very impactful story, like Chris, like what's been, what's been going on in our country for the past couple of years. But I'm also really um, excited to see uh, Danielle Detweiler as his mother. Because I, I, she, she was great in uh, last year's The Hard Day Fall. So I, she was the best part of that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I'm curious to see like, if she can grab some like, Oscar, Oscar um, attention from this. Uh, I, I forget when the round robin where we're at, uh, but I'm going to go and say, uh, Alec, go ahead with another one from your list. Sure. Uh, we've talked superheroes before. Let's go back to superheroes again. I'm excited for Black Adam, uh, the new DC movie uh, with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Hame um, Collett Sarah directed. He tends to make fun movies. I really dug Orphan and uh, Run by Night. Really good supporting cast. Aldous Hodge is a cool actor. He's playing Hawkman in the movie. Pierce Brosnan, a former James Bond, playing in the superhero sandbox. I'm curious. Uh, there's a few other actors in it who I really dig. Marwan Kinzari, who was excellent a couple of years ago in The Old Guard, another superhero movie, is also in it. So I'm curious. I want to see what they're doing with it. Okay, DC, what is another one from your list? This one I mean, I'm curious about because the director, he hasn't, his last movie kind of, kind of, it, it kind of 
made me mad in a, in a way. I can't explain, but I'm curious about the whale, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, and just tell people a little about that because that actually stars uh, uh, Indiana guy Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I was I was forgetting what that he's born here in Indy, but um, he plays a man. He plays a 600 pound man who's like dealing with the uh, I guess the loss or breakup of his uh, gay lover. And he's trying to reconnect with his daughter, played by Stranger Things star, uh, Sadie Sink. Yeah, I'm really interested in one of this, too. You know, Brendan Fraser's had an interesting career of ups and downs. Obviously, been mostly down the last 10 or 15 years or so. You know, there's been a lot of talks about, you know, how much he, you know, gained weight and lost hair and doesn't look anything like the Brendan Fraser from, you know, uh, the old days. Um, and it seems like he's in his last few roles, he's been trying to sort of, you know, engage, em- embrace moving on with his career, not being like the young, skinny, hot dude anymore and becoming a more mature character actor. So, you know, embracing a role where he is playing a 600 pound guy. Uh, and I think the idea is that, you know, he went into this terrible depression when his boyfriend died, uh, was, you know, like drinking, eating, binge eating the coke, uh, and is now trying to reconnect with his family. And, you know, supposedly, got like you know like a six minute standing innovation at i can't remember it was cons or venice film festival one of those so yeah i'm 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 uh, that was one that's not on my radar up until about a week ago okay alec what is one from your list another uh stacked cast in our fall movie season i, I wanted to talk about uh damien chazelle's babylon yeah. and um i'm a big fan of chazelle uh Whiplash, La La Land, First Man, all movies I really dig. Cast is crazy. Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Tobey Maguire, Samara Weaving, Olivia Wilde, who's been in the news a ton lately. Spike Jones acting again. Um, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Gene Smart, Catherine Waterston. Cast is crazy. Apparently, the movie is three hours and five minutes long. <laughs> and it's a very debaucherous take on uh, 1920s Tinseltown. I'm, I'm fascinated. DC, I think that was on your list too. That was my number, my number one. Wow, and why, why so much that for that one? Because it, it sounds one of those movies that's hard to fit into any peg or hole and categorize. It, it really is, but uh, like um, uh, Alex, uh, what, what, what Alex said, I love Damien Chazelle. Like he's been a filmmaker. I've been, I've been wanting to see anything from him for a long time because I love Whiplash. I love First Man, which should have done more better at the box office and the awards. But Longland, like that movie, like that was that I walked out of that movie feeling like that was an experience. That was like movie magic that I've been wanting to see for a long time. And this in the cast too, like yeah, Margot Robbie, uh, Brad Pitt, Tobey Maguire. Um, and I do love how it's gonna be gonna be back to going uh, like, like a Hollywood kind of stage, but but back in back in like a. Uh, if it, from, from, from what I've been reading so far, it kind of looks like his version of The Great Gatsby. And for a movie that's like over, has a budget of over 100 million and over three hours long, it could be like his version of The Wolf of Wall Street. And by that, I mean, I, I, I will see it and hoping I will love it. Like, I want, I want to walk out of this movie feeling like the same way I did La La Land, where it's like, this guy, Damien Chazelle, we, we, you're not going to be annoying him for the next 10 years. Yeah, it's nice to see young filmmakers taking big swings. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting him and Ryan Gosling when they were promoting First Man a few years ago. 
a uh, very, very interesting young filmmaker. Looks about 19 years old, uh, <laughs> even today. I think he's uh, the youngest um, Best Director winner, I believe. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Okay, uh, Alec, let's, uh, let's uh, do one for you from your list. Um, it's been in the news a lot. We just talked about it. Uh, Don't Worry Darling, still of interest to me, uh, directed by Olivia Wilde. Uh, I was looking forward to the movie before all the controversy and all the, the, the gossip and whatnot. I loved Olivia Wilde's directorial debut, Booksmart. Um, she's kind of getting annoying on the publicity circuit right now. Uh, still still like her, but I'm kind of Team Florence Pugh at this point. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have interest in the movie? I know response ha- hasn't been great out of Venice, but... I still am, because like, I love Booksmart, and I love this cast, especially uh, Florence Pugh. I'm curious how Harry Styles, um, how performance will be will be in here. But yeah, the rumors that's been going on for the last month or so, and make and combine them with the kind of not so great reviews we got so far, makes me kind of like, ah, okay, this might be messy than I thought, especially from the second trailer. I'm still hopeful that it could make sense when I see it. Hoping I'll come out of it enjoying it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll just say this: uh, is they're gonna really put a test to the the notion that there's no such thing as bad publicity because those movies had nothing but bad publicity. Of course, you know, supposedly uh, Olivia, the director, sleeping with her leading man, uh, alienating her leading woman, um, you know, fired Sheila LaBeouf from the movie, then lied about firing Sheila LaBeouf from the movie, and Sheila yeah, she's got me on Team Shia, and that's yeah. not easy to do these days. Produce the emails where you know they're talking about why he left and. Yeah, things aren't going for her right now, but who knows? Maybe Chris Pine's they... a better man than me. If Harry Styles had spat on me, which it certainly looks like he did to Chris Pine, I would have knocked his block off. Yeah. <laughs> okay, DC, let's go back to you. Do we still have anything from your list? Because uh, I know we're getting towards the end of it. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I see one more movie on your list. Yeah, that is uh, The Banshees. Uh, how, you pronounce, how you pronounce the... Inishirin? Inishirin? Inishirin, I believe. Yeah. This one like uh, is from Martin McDonough, who who uh, worked with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson before in *In Bruges*. Um, he also did *Seven Psychopaths*, which came out ten years ago. And it's a follow-up to *Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri*, which I love. I love that movie. Uh, everything he's done, and it was like the *In Bruges* reunion I've been waiting to see for a long time. And because from what the trailer and the story is like, it's about this friendship that just ends abruptly. And I'm just, <laughs> the concept alone just kind of makes me laugh because, like, okay, I think he didn't give, Gleason didn't give a reason why he just don't want to be friends with Farrell. And I, I'm, and from McDonald alone, McDonald alone, it's going to be a dark comedy that either is going to be hit with some people, some alone. For me, it always writes that line of being so offensive, but playing at the same time. So I'm, yeah. and the reviews have been pretty, pretty high for this one, too. Yeah. I mean, Hearing Colin Farrell been getting well Oscar buzz. Yeah, I've heard that. I'll commit some uh, some film geek apostasy in that I've never been that big a fan of In Bruges. It's one of those movies that seems like everyone I know and like, you know, my friends, fellow film critics, just you know, are crazy about that movie, and it's just it's never connected for me. I don't know what to say. All right, uh, Alec, I think I'm counting two left on your list. So why don't you go, and then I'll do my last one, and then you can wrap us up. Okay. Um, I guess the next one I'll talk about is Blonde, the uh, Marilyn Monroe Netflix documentary from director Andrew Dominic. 
Uh, I'm a fan of Dominic's work, whether it be uh, Chopper, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, or even the somewhat obvious but well-made uh, Killing Them Softly. Um, really like Ana de Armas. I'm guessing she's going to be great in the movie. Interesting casting for some of the men in her lives. Bobby Cannavale playing Joe DiMaggio. Adrian Brody playing Arthur Miller. Um, it is an NC-17 movie. I know it is also going to be pretty uh, lengthy. I think it's like two and a half or 245, but uh, curious about it. I know, Chris, I think you're looking forward to this one too. Yeah, very much. I'm, I'm intrigued just because it, it seems like very much a sideways way to come into a Marilyn Monroe biopic, um, you know, the, with the casting um, and the approach. Um, so, I mean, I'm curious. Um, you know, Marilyn Monroe is one of those figures that like I grew up sort of always aware of her but not really respecting her talent as an actress and then then when I actually started to explore her filmography and I got to see the clever ways that she sort of used her star persona um in her in her acting and in the roles that she chose you know I, I became more intrigued by her uh DC is that one I, I don't know isn't on your list but I'm guessing it's something you're also thinking about it's weird to me that we're getting another Marilyn Monroe movie 11 years after Michelle Williams was Marilyn Monroe in my Maryland. Yeah, I'm definitely interested. I'm guessing this movie is going to be very different than that movie. Oh, yeah. I have a feeling this movie is either going to be huge and become a real cultural uh, uh, watershed or it's kind of it's going to disappear real quick. Uh, one of those. It's one of those that's, I think, right now very much the the critics and the sort of the film, the diehard film fans are very much focused on, I don't know how much like your average you know, cinema ticket buyer is. Um, speaking of, I, I spoke of, uh, picked a very mainstream choice for my last one, which is Ticket to Paradise, which is a rom-com starring uh, uh, Julia Roberts uh, and uh, uh, George, uh, George Clooney. George Clooney. So they're back together again. Um, I'm very interested in this. So in this, they play a divorced couple who hate each other that are going to Bali for their daughter's wedding and are forced to spend time with each other. And we'll see what happens uh, in terms of, you know, they're, they're rekindling their old relationship. I'm just curious because, you know, Julia Roberts and George Clooney were, you know, were as big movie stars as movie stars get, you know, now golden age Hollywood, they were actually at the top of the industry and seemed to really by choice rather than, uh, the industry's uh, desire kind of stepped away from being very active in filmmaking the last 10 years or so. Um, you know, I think, so they both very consciously made a choice, like, you know, I'm going to do the projects that I want to do uh, and not feel that, that need to like put out a movie every year and be in the Oscar race and, you know, be producing, directing and all that sort of thing. So I'm just curious, like this, you know, a, a, you know, older couple rom-com seems like a curious choice for them to kind of, you know, come back and start a movie together again. I don't know. Were, were you guys even aware of that one or have any thoughts about it? I was, for one, I was trying to think like, yeah, George Clooney hasn't made a lot of movies in the past few years. And I remember like, what's it, what's like Money Monster, the last movie he was in? And I remember, oh no, The Midnight, Midnight Sky, but, but they, they, they directed. But yeah, this one, I'm curious, but it's going to be pretty predictable, like where it's going. But but I'm but I'm mostly going to see it because of the cast, because like I do like seeing Cooney and Julia Roberts together, and also um, love the other half, um, Caitlin Deaver, 
for both Mark along with uh, Billy Lord. Uh, both of them, both of them, I'm, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, Julia Roberts' first feature film role from since Ben is back in 2018, um, and other than uh, Midnight Sky, um, uh, George Clooney was in Money Monster and Hail Caesar in 2016. So he's only been in three movies um, over the last six years. I kind of hoping this Ticket to Paradise will be better than uh, than the three you mentioned. Okay. All right, Alec. I'm more excited. Uh, you... <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I had a few points to make on the last movie. I'm more Good. excited about the young talent in that movie. Caitlin Deaver is awesome. I'm a huge fan of her dating back to Justified. She was outstanding on that show. Um and Billy Lord was hilarious and book smart alongside C- Caitlin Deaver. So um, interested to see them. The director of Ticket to Paradise, Ole Parker, doesn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, he directed Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, and The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. He's making movies for my mom, not for me. So, um, but hey, your, mo- your mom buys movie tickets. That's true. And other people's moms do too, so they need some movies. And All subscribes right. to the film, yeah. Thank you, mom. Thank you, mom. <laughs> All right, Alec, why don't you uh, bring us on home with your last movie that you're looking forward to this fall? Last movie I'm looking forward to is another Netflix production. It's directed by Noah Baumbach. It's his adaptation of Don DeLillo's White Noise. Uh, Really good cast in this one, too. Adam Driver, Greg Gerwig, Jodie Turner-Smith, Don Cheadle, Andre 3000, and Alessandro Nivola again. He was in um, Amsterdam as well. Baumbach is a filmmaker I generally dig a lot. Squid and the Whale is one of my favorite movies of the arts. And uh, I haven't read this book, but from what I understand, it, it's a classic. So curious about the movie. Is that one on your radar, DC? It is. And this actually be my second movie I, I've seen from Baumbach. Because I, I, I love I love Mary's story. I think that's, uh, that's where Andrew Navigation's best performance i ever seen from him. Baumbach, see Squid and the Whale. I, I you haven't seen it. Yeah. I love it. And Adam <laughs> Driver... I'm sorry, go ahead, DC. And then I think that was the first screenplay that he didn't, like, for an original idea from him. So this is, it, it'll be interesting to see how this, how this turns out. Yeah, and I'm interested, you know, just to see, keep, keep seeing where Adam Driver is going. Um, he just, you know, his career just seems to get deeper, deeper and richer. And I really like the off-kilter role, roles that he's choosing. He's, you know, very much not seeming like, you know, taking like that standard, Hollywood star kind of rowdy. Obviously, he's been in some big movies, Star Wars and things like that. But uh, uh, it sort of reminds me of like, you know, like Jake Gyllenhaal. When Jake Gyllenhaal was like in his 20s, he was sort of doing that, you know, the Hollywood star path, making these terrible movies. And he just said, you know, no, I'm going to choose my own path. I'm going to make movies that I want to see. I want to see myself and I want to see made. So I'm glad to see another uh, uh, Hoosier guy. Like the remake of Roadhouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, maybe hey, I'm excited for that. I'm making jokes, but. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thanks very much for your uh, th- thoughts on the, the fall films. I'm excited to see movies coming back. Just read a ar- big article about, you know, movies are back now. We've, we're People are going back to the theaters in the numbers that they were back in 2019. So if you love movies, uh, thanks for staying with us on our journey at the Film Yap uh, Substack. If you haven't subscribed already, Hit that button, and we really appreciate you. See you guys. Chatting with you all. DC, good to meet you, buddy. You too, dude.